0: this is michael you're listening to models of masters and i'm so grateful you're here i'm breaking down personal stories learned wisdom and pieces of insight i hope can help you along your journey head over to my website michaelbecker.org for much more and with that let's get right into the show Content-driven businesses include any operation that uses some form of digital information as its core transaction. So maybe that's info products, maybe that's coaching services, or uh, learning memberships, or educational programs, even e-commerce to a lesser extent. And when you start a content-led business, you really want to start with the end in mind. Specifically, you want to make sure you're geared to get the highest valuation possible. So one of the most valuable pieces of collateral that you want to own within the business, that you want to store within your database is what's called first party data. This is data that you have collected and control, data that you own. So email addresses, right? Transactional data, behavioral, demographic, psychographic information, anything that your customer has given to you or explicitly told you, any actions that they have taken within your owned ecosystem, which are reflected in your database, is data that you own. It's first party because you've collected it directly. And altogether, it serves to enhance the value of the subscribers or the customers that you have acquired. Whereas, even if you've built your audience on the front end on a YouTube or an Instagram or a podcasting platform, ultimately the platform owns the information that exists on that rented land. All right. You don't own the Instagram page, you don't own your. Your YouTube channel, you don't own, don't own iTunes, okay, and you you actually have very limited uh, insight into iTunes specifically for as far as numbers go, okay. So the goal is to usher your listeners, your followers, and your subscribers into your own land, right? Your email database, your website, your uh, your store, where you can get to know them and nurture them in a more direct way, okay. So businesses that are built on someone else's land. Okay, and and this is why you want to work with the end in mind. You kind of want to work backwards. If you've built your entire business model, it sits on YouTube and you're reliant upon YouTube or you're reliant upon Instagram to provide your income, then your valuation is going to be lower in in the end because you don't ultimately own the platform. You don't own the audience. You don't own the algorithm. You don't own any of those things and any of them could go awry at any point, okay? If you rely on advertising income or sponsorships as your primary source of revenue, then you're ultimately going to be valued comparatively less than a revenue-generating engine that you might own outright. So an example would be an event, a paid newsletter, an e-comm store with several hundred thousand email addresses, all right? So as content monetization expert Joe Polizzi stated in one of his podcasts, I want to share these numbers with you that you can expect based upon your content business and your business model. So a consulting business might be able to get 2-3x to their annual profit when selling. This is because you're actively working to get clients, and if you stop working or leave, the business comes to a halt. There's unlikely to be much customer collateral stored inside the business, so the only real momentum that a new buyer would have is the existing relationships that you've built, which will require a lot of energy to maintain after the sale. Now, if you sell ads and sponsorships, such as a YouTube channel or podcast, then getting 5x on your profit is a realistic expectation when it's time to exit. The machine is in place as well as a substantial amount of subscribers, which is still a great thing to have, even though they're owned by whatever platform you're hosting on. So it's not the ideal situation. Okay, The best place to be is where you have direct subscription and or some kind of an event business because you can usually ask, in that case, for 8 to 12x a multiple on your earnings when it comes time to sell. Okay, These businesses are most valuable because data is owned, the platform or mechanism of value exchange is owned, and the recurring revenue apparatus is already set in place. So. The more control you have over your audience's attention, the method of content transmission, and product delivery, the higher valuation you'll have when selling your business, okay? Now with that in mind, it's worth exploring the different options when it comes to preparing for that moment. Hey, this is Michael. I'm popping in for 20 seconds here to challenge you to take the next step in your growth journey. I've helped over 40 business owners amplify their operation inside of my immersive one-on-one, which is unlike any other coaching program out there. We'll be getting hands-on, doing content planning, script writing, ads optimization, customer mapping, and a lot more. So if it makes sense to chat, the link to schedule your call is in the description. All right, back to the show. So if we sort of work backward or readjust strategy, depending on where you are in the journey, we can create a more valuable business with more customer collateral and a higher degree of control of that information stored inside of your biz. There's essentially eight ways that you can monetize a content-led business, okay? So wherever you are in your journey, whether you're just beginning, whether you are already rocking and rolling, I think that these will help you you know, kind of take a step back and evaluate where you're at, how you're monetizing, and then where some gaps and opportunities might be for you to create new revenue streams. So number one, subscriptions, okay? Subscribers across social platforms do not carry as much weight as, say, email subscribers. So begin transitioning followers on borrowed real estate to your owned spaces. Number two, paid sponsorships. Work to increase the overall quality of your content hub, which you're monetizing with sponsorships, if you're doing sponsorships, so that you can increase the cost of placements, okay? Number three is ad revenue. So you want to work to develop consistency with your content, so that you can prove recurring revenue. The more content you put out, the higher quality it is, the more virality you start to get, the more income you're going to create, and the more advertising revenue you're going to bring in. Number four, increase customer lifetime value with loyalty programs. So if you develop exclusive programs for top customers, then you can start to incorporate, you know, exclusive VIP, um, you know, extra type of bonus. Um, options and content and experiences for those people. And then you can even start to incorporate high-conversion cross-sales within those programs for your, for your most uh, important or high-spending customers, okay? Number five is going to be events, virtual or in-person. Now, purchases are likely to be less frequent with events, especially for big events that are run maybe only once or twice per year. For example, big software companies tend to run, you know, one really big event every year. So what you want to do with your events is maybe you're running retreats, maybe you do get togethers every so often for a core group of clients, make sure that you're delivering an overwhelming amount of value at your event, right? And you wanna ensure that attendees are incentivized, not just to participate and to show up, right? But to attend the next one because they receive so much value, right? So really aim to transform the lives of your attendees as much as possible at your events, okay? These are literally like in-person events, especially are the highest value touch point that you can create for customers, okay? Number six, Consulting and courses. So typically with consulting, you know, services or courses, transactions are one and done. So start to think about ways to either increase prices or add some type of recurring revenue stream to your to your services. Okay. Number seven: exclusive access to VIP content. Most likely, this is going to be a complimentary income stream. So I'm talking about you know, uh, um, bonus ebooks or bonus videos or you know, VIP access to a newsletter or even to a documentary or something that you've produced for, uh, for, for specific clients, all right? Figure out the best price point to maximize opt-ins for, for your exclusive paid content while providing as high margins as possible for it If you're if this is part of your strategy. And then number eight is merchandise and products. So you wanna use your content channels to promote your products. Also, start analyzing the behavior change of subscribers versus non-subscribers. How much more likely are subscribers to buy merchandise? Hey guys, if you found value in this episode, it would mean the world to me if you share it with a friend and on social media and be sure to tag me so that I can repost and please rate and review as everything helps so that I can get this knowledge to as many people as humanly possible. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is on sale now. Grab your copy by visiting my website or tapping the link in the episode description. I also just released the online learning portal, which expands on what I share in the book. This includes four hours of edited, captioned video tutorials and trainings, plus dozens of downloadables and templates. Between the book and the e-academy, you're going to be equipped to literally blow your revenue targets out of the water and eviscerate your competition this year, all by putting content at the core. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, comment, and share all the things and hit me up on LinkedIn. If you'd like to connect, I am here to serve you and that's it. I will see you in the next episode.